seems like just about every year, another state in the union votes to legalize recreational marijuana. First, it was a, a large effort, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago to start talking about medical marijuana. A number of states passed that, including Florida. Now you're seeing states taking that a step further and legalizing recreational marijuana. And the debate over legalizing marijuana is nothing new. Marijuana has been a controlled substance in this country for going on 100 years. And the debate over whether or not it should be declassified as a controlled substance is nothing new. But I think society's opinion toward marijuana has changed in the last couple of decades. And I think you are seeing just in the facts, just in the research, just in the science, marijuana has a far less negative net effect on society than alcohol. Alcohol is responsible for more crimes being committed, more deaths, drunk driving, that sort of thing. When you compare it to marijuana, you don't hear about people getting high and abusing their wife and kids. But there are millions of stories out there of alcoholic parents who get drunk and abuse their kids or they abuse their spouse. So I think the argument there has been made, and I don't think we need to talk about that. What I want to address, and I'll be honest, as, a, as someone who leans fairly libertarian, I don't see the problem with it. I mean, you know, they're doing it in other states and you're not seeing rampant crime and that sort of thing. You're not seeing the degradation of society all because people are allowed to go into a store and buy marijuana. So I think that you've had enough case studies now that you could make the case that marijuana probably isn't that bad for you when compared to alcohol or other drugs. I'm not advocating you get high and drive your car or anything like that, but I would say if you look at just the science, just the statistics, marijuana has a less negative net effect on society than say alcohol. So, but like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to approach it from that angle. I want to approach it from an, an angle of dollars and cents. And I think it makes sense nowadays to legalize marijuana. Why? Because of the tax revenues. You look at how much money the state of Colorado is raking in just in tax revenue from the sale of marijuana. And I think it makes a lot of sense. You can regulate it. You can tax it. You can generate revenue for your state with it. Why not? People can get it. Marijuana is not hard to find if you want to find it. So why not create the avenue to do it legally where you can regulate it, where you can tax it, where it can benefit people? Use some of that tax revenue and spend it on drug rehabilitation. Spend some of that money on you know, educating children and teens about the dangers of using marijuana. But for the 50-year-old guy sitting in his backyard getting high, why not? Why not make some money off that guy? He's going to do it anyway. So why not create the avenue to generate revenue with it? So we're going to talk to two state lawmakers who are co-sponsoring bills in the state legislature to do just that. We're going to start with State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith. He's a Democrat, state representative from Central Florida. He has introduced House Bill 343. We're going to talk to him first, get the nuts and bolts on his bill. What does it look like? And I'll ask him, how do you get it passed? And then in the second part of this two-part episode, we're going to talk to State Senator Jeff Brandis. He is introducing his own bill, Senate Bill 710. 
it allows for adults over the age of 21 to purchase and consume marijuana for recreational use. We're also going to talk to Adam Goers. He's the vice president of corporate affairs with Columbia Care. They're one of the larger uh, cannabis growers in the country, and they're becoming a major player uh, in the medical marijuana uh, field here in Florida and and, and recreational uh, use of cannabis around the country. So we're going to talk to him about what would legalizing marijuana here in Florida do to their business. So let's jump right in. We're going to talk to State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith about his bill, House Bill 343. Right. Well, the need to end Florida's prohibition of responsible adult use of cannabis is really long overdue. This bill creates a sensible bipartisan framework for legalization that can earn the support needed to pass the Florida legislature. It doesn't include everything I'd like to see, but it's the fresh start that Floridians deserve to finally move past the draconian uh, cannabis prohibition era that, uh, era that Florida is currently under. So I don't need you to go through every letter of the legislation, but tell me what's in your bill. So what we do is we legalize uh, cannabis for adult use for those uh, 21 and over. They would no longer need a medical cannabis ID card to purchase cannabis product in a cannabis dispensary. What we've also done is we have eliminated the vertical integration monopoly uh, in the state of Florida. Currently, medical cannabis is legal, and you have uh, big cannabis players uh, who really have monopolized the market and acted uh, much like cartels uh, in in the industry here in Florida. So what our bill does is uh, we actually uh, eliminate the requirement for medical cannabis license holders uh, to be feed to sale. They would now be, of course, selling uh, cannabis for legal adult use, but they could also apply for a license to be just a grower or just a distributor or just a retailer if they wanted to contract with a grower and just uh, sell their products in their storefronts. That allows for small businesses to enter the market. They're currently not able to do so because of the tremendous amount of capital that is required uh, to uh, be a feed-to-sale provider of cannabis in the state of Florida. Uh, and so we know that this bill would really open up the cannabis industry, not only to small businesses, but to minority-owned businesses that have uh, long lived with the consequences and disproportionately been impacted by the negative consequences of the cannabis prohibition in Florida. And obviously, this has been done in other states. It's kind of a growing trend, if you will. Uh, what are the similarities between your bill and, say, a state like Colorado that has had uh, legal cannabis for several years now? Right. Well, uh, Colorado, you know, has a very robust cannabis industry, not only for adult use, but also for medical purposes. Uh, you know, I am a progressive, a Democrat trying to get this bill passed in a Republican-controlled Florida legislature. So a lot of what Colorado has done, let's say, uh, as it relates to the way that cannabis is taxed with an excise tax, uh, the way that uh, there is the uh, opportunity for home grow in Colorado, those are uh, provisions that are not included in our bill. We have a simple sales tax on cannabis. Uh, we do not allow for home grow, even though I support it. Uh, we do uh, set forward a, a study on home grow uh, because the reality is, is 
some of these issues actually are obstacles to the bill passing in a Republican-controlled Florida legislature. We just want to get it done, which means we need to put together a sensible bipartisan framework that we know that we uh, can see passed. Which leads into my next question. Uh, I think it's safe to assume you have the majority of support from voters. How do you get this bill passed through a Republican-controlled legislature? Well, what's uh, changed this year uh, is we had an election in November. And what we saw was in November of last year that uh, Republican uh, red states uh, that the voters approved overwhelmingly uh, cannabis legalization for adult use in those states. And what that is, is telling us is uh, certainly that we see uh, overwhelming support even from Republican voters on the issue of cannabis legalization. I think that that can provide a lot of new opportunity for us to persuade Republican legislators to get on board. And then the other thing that I think is really helpful to try to help persuade them is coronavirus has really ravaged our state's public health and our economy. We have a budget crisis right now where uh, we have about a $2.1 billion budget gap. Uh, I can't think of a better time for the state to take bold action to bring more revenue to the table. We already know that we would see uh, over $2 billion in uh, retail sales in Florida that would come uh, from the legalization of cannabis. You're looking at um, at least $130 million in sales tax collection uh, annually from the sales of cannabis for recreational use in Florida, and tourism would be reinvigorated. So Florida would be the first state in the South to legalize cannabis for adult use, which would uh, likely bring uh, close to $700 million in tourism to the state of Florida at a time when we desperately need it because, you know, coronavirus has so hurt our state's ability to attract tourism during this time. And obviously those in opposition to this are going to come out in force. Uh, many of them are going to point to some of the rises and in cr- increases in crime that we've seen in other states where uh, recreational use of cannabis has, has been legalized and that sort of thing. Uh, for those who put up the moral opposition to legalizing a drug that has been illegal for decades, uh, how, do you, how do you convince those folks that now is the time? Well, the reality is the passage of uh, cannabis legalization actually reduces crime. You know, we would stop arresting people in the state of Florida for cannabis possession. Uh, the most recent information tells us that upwards of 30,000 Floridians a year are arrested for cannabis possession in the state of Florida. So this is a very important criminal justice reform uh, that's necessary at this time. But what we also know is that no one has ever fatally overdosed from cannabis in the history of recorded medicine. And so while, uh, just like with anything, we know that responsible adult use includes moderation, uh, we also know that the consequences of legalization uh, is just not this parade of, hor- hor- uh, this parade of horribles that our opponents suggest that it is. So when you do get to work in March and you do get to actually propose this bill on the floor of the House, uh, what lawmakers on the other side of the aisle are you? Do you already know going in that you're going to have to work harder to convince these particular colleagues? Who are those, and how do you plan to approach them? Right. Well, you know, the great news is we have a lot of freshman lawmakers from both sides of the aisle, 
and uh, we're learning about uh, some of their support for cannabis legalization already, so we're really uh, excited about that. But we do know that some of our opponents, some of the more conservative, uh, socially conservative types who have uh, coincidentally uh, been very aligned with pharmaceutical companies and other interests that don't want cannabis to be legalized in the state of Florida certainly have a lot of convincing to do. And that's why uh, we hope that some of the leaders in the Republican Party, folks like Senator Jeff Brandis, uh, Congressman Matt Gates, who openly support cannabis legalization, can provide proper encouragement for some of their Republican colleagues to finally get on board with cannabis legalization. All right, so let's extrapolate out and assume that it passes. How is this implemented, and, and what do the steps look like uh, from passage of the law to folks being able to go to a dispensary and pick out whatever pot they want? Right. Well, if our bill becomes law, uh, folks would no longer be re- required to produce a medical cannabis ID to be able to purchase cannabis legally in our cannabis dispensaries around the state that are currently authorized for medical use only. So we would see that folks overnight would literally be able to visit their cannabis dispensary and purchase cannabis products if they're 21 years of age or older. But what we would see also is we would see uh, small businesses beginning to enter the market. We would see them applying for licenses. Our bill allows for uh, businesses to apply for a growing, processing, retailing, or transportation license. So we'll see uh, many more uh, folks in the industry, which will help drive down costs. It'll create jobs, and ultimately will be better for the consumer. So that was State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith talking about House Bill 343. In part two of this two-part episode, uh, we're going to talk to his Republican colleague, State Senator Jeff Brandis of St. Petersburg, uh, about Senate Bill 710. And obviously, there aren't major differences between the two bills, but I want to talk to Senator Brandis more about uh, the bipartisan theme to this bill. And then we're going to talk to Adam Goers with Columbia Care about what impact legalizing marijuana in Florida would have on their business and ultimately what it would mean for you and me. 